You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hello, Bucknunders. Welcome into what we learned live following a very disappointing 30 to 24 loss to Michigan from the Buckeyes. Um, I, I mean, there's just no way to spin this. I was I wasn't over the top confident coming into this game, but I was confident Ohio State would get the job done, and they did not. And you know, in a game like this, it's going to come down to small things. I mean, small things, but early on, I'm convinced if Cobb McCord doesn't throw that interception, Buckeyes win this game. Uh, if Emeka Ibuka doesn't drop that early pass, who knows? Buckeyes shot themselves in the foot early, got down 14 to three, outplayed Michigan from there and still lost. You can't get down like that in a game like this. They still came back when it was 17 all. I'm sure I'm like a lot of you. When they made it 17 all, I was thinking, okay, Buckeyes are going to win this game. And they came back from that 11 point deficit, but they couldn't get it done. Couldn't get it done. I am Dave Biddle. Welcome to what we learned live following uh, Ohio State's third straight loss to Michigan. And this time there's no excuses. You can't say, well, they were stealing signs. No, you just got beat, you know. You did things you can't do. Kyle McCord. People call him Honda McCord. That's it. I don't like that because that is offensive to Honda. Honda's a good car. I, I call him Ford McCord. It rhymes. It's like Ford's like a little lower than Honda. You can't offend Honda like that. It's Ford McCord. Got to get a better quarterback. I don't want to hear any excuses. Yo, he, he did this. And, no, no. He's been inconsistent all year against bad defenses. Even the Notre Dame game, which was his like claim to fame, that last drive, go back and watch two plays before the big throw to Emeka. Should have been an interception to end the game. Notre Dame guy just dropped it. Okay. Michigan guy did not drop it today. Will Johnson, when Kyle McCord hit him right in the breadbasket, it's a great throw to a cornerback from a quarterback. Quarterback to cornerback, hit him, boom, boom. Marvin's like, what are you doing? People are like blaming Marvin. Like, no, no, uh-uh. I mean, even if Marvin was supposed to do something, the coverage was like right on him. What are you doing? What are you doing? 
we've seen it all year from McCord. This is why in pro football focus, they rate him as, you know, of the quarterbacks that people consider good. They rate him the lowest of any power five quarterback when he has heat on him, when he has pressure. They've got to figure out something. This is why we heard all camp, Devin Brown, Kyle McCord going back and forth, back and then you saw Devin Brown, you're like, how is Devin Brown giving Kyle McCord a, a battle for the job? And some people thought Devin Brown might win. Now you know. All right, let's bring in my guy, Jonah Booker. Man, um, you and I were both, we weren't like 10 out of 10 confident. You and I were both like 7 out of 10 confident the Buckeyes were going to get the job done. And, and Jay Book, I thought Ohio State outplayed Michigan for the majority of this game, but Michigan did what they needed oh. to do. Ohio State shot themselves in the foot, and, and here we are again. I know, man. So frustrating, Dave. It is so frustrating. Like, when the margins are that thin, that thin, Kyle McCore had to be better. He just had to be better. That that first interception to set them up. I mean, at, at that point in the time of the game, Ohio State's defense, I think they held Michigan to like 37 rushing yards, um, you know, close to, close to halftime. And that interception right there set them up. I mean, what did I say earlier on social media? Leave it to Parker Fleming and the special teams to have the grand finale for their worst performance of the year. Um, I'm sick of the kickers missing big kicks in big games, Dave. I'm absolutely sick of it. I mean, what about the punting it, too, man? The was Jesse Murko punting left footed today or something? I, like, I don't know. What, what's what's his what's his deal? <laughs> um, but you know, it, it's I, I thought both teams fought hard, and I will say this: um, prayers to Zach Zinter, the the Michigan guard. I hope that kid um, is okay. You never want to see anybody go down with an injury like that. Um, the defense, they they were out there and they didn't get a stop in the fourth quarter in the in the second half. Day that's the bottom line. You look at their possessions and Michigan scored them pretty much on every possession besides them taking the knee in the second half. They needed to force Michigan to uh, punt the ball there, get the ball back to the offense, but it just was not good enough when it mattered most. Yeah, as my guy Mike Loftus on Facebook is pointing out, you know Ohio State had more third down conversions. And Ohio State had more total yards in the big house and still found a way to lose the game because of those picks and because of special teams. It wasn't yeah. just the, the pick was yeah. huge. Emeka's drop was big too, by the way. Right. I mean, Emeka's uh, drop was big. That was, you know, that was that was going to be a tough catch. And if you and the thing is with that Emeka drop, if McCord throws it earlier, that's a six. That's a touchdown, but because McCord was late on that big on that big uh, bomb to Mecca, the defender got there to you know break it up. So that was going to be a tough catch regardless. Still hit your hands. That's the name of the game. If it I meant the, oh, I'm sorry, I meant the the early one. I know it was like the first like series of the game, but that was like a turnover. Buckeyes had third down. They ended up going three and out. McCord hit Mecca in the hands. It was a little low, but it was like Mecca would yeah. tell you under time. If Emeka catches that as an easy first down, Ohio State has, they, you know, I don't know, just little stuff like that. But, I mean, the interception was the – the early interception was the killer. Right. That was the difference in the game in a close that game. Was, like that, that. Was, that was the difference in the game. And um, there on that last series there, McCord had an opportunity to check it down to Henderson. He also had an opportunity to check it down uh, to Xavier Johnson there. The, the thing with Kyle McCord – He's killing the offense with not being able to look off a of safety, Dave. 
Um, his he's locked in before they even step the football. His eyes are glued on where he wants to go with the football. It, it's just not good enough at Ohio State because he's not moving the safeties. The thing that um, you have from Stroud and Haskins and Fields, and I don't know why McCord because he's not even though he's playing for his first year, he's been in the program for three years. You have to be able to move the safety off the spot if you want to be able to make those tight throws uh, into the box. McCord just steers him down. He just steers him down one read, and if they're not there, he's going to he's going to try to make it into that window, and a lot of times it, it's bad business. So it's frustrating. It's frustrating. And, and here's the other thing that really frustrates me, Dave. I thought that. Sharon Moore was much more aggressive than Ryan Day. Early on in that first half, I thought Ryan Day should have went for it uh, when he decided to punt it on fourth and one. When you got down there and you were driving right before halftime, instead of calling your timeout going forward on fourth and two, you also put it on a situation where you're asking a, a college kicker to boom it 50 yards on the road. Your special teams have been horrible, horrible all season long. Your kicking, your kicking game has been, uh, has been, you know, kind of dicey at best. Instead of going forward on fourth and two, you, you're putting your kicker out there for a 50-plus yard field goal on the road. I just thought that right there was kind of questionable there, especially when you had a timeout in your back pocket. You had 34 seconds to go. Instead of, you know, calling your timeout right there, getting into your best play, every college team and every offense, they say, when we got to have that, gotta have it moment this is the play that we're going to run this is the this is for all the marbles instead of instead of calling that timeout and said this is our gotta have it moment to at minimum get the kicker 10 yards closer or going for it all to get a first uh, a touchdown they decided to milk the clock all the way down and make the kicker kick it 50 yards and it's a repeat of georgia dave he did the same exact thing against Georgia. Instead of getting those extra yards for your kicker, you're asking the college kicker to boom a 50-yarder um, on the road. It, it, I thought that was kind of questionable from Ryan Day right there. So if you're Ryan Day, obviously, Mark Pantone, and you're involved in this discussion, and you're going into next season, are you just like, McCord will be fine? You know, he's he's just a junior. He's had his good moments, and we're, we're going to roll with Kyle McCord and the other guys. You know, maybe Devin Brown can push him. We saw in camp. I talked about this in the intro. Um, now we know why it was – I mean, it wasn't like it was just like, oh, it, the media is making this out to be a close battle. It's like, no, it was a back-and-forth battle. Now we know. So you going into next year, Jay Book, if you are the uh, president of this team, so to speak, are we going into the next season with Kyle McCord and that's the guy and the other guys are going to push him, Keen Holtz, Aaron Nolan coming in, or are you hitting the portal? I will first take a look and see what's out there in the portal, because if you can if you can get a veteran who's a war daddy that's played a lot of football uh, and showing that he's been able to play at a high level, I would definitely entertain the idea. I'm not convinced that Kyle McCord can win you a national championship. I, I'm just not there, Dave. He had the entire season. To, to especially in a, in a friendly offense as Ohio State, you got his, you got the best wide receiver in the country. You got a uh, Kate Stover who's going to be up probably for the Mackey Award finalist. You got a, a Buka 
out by Ben injury, you still they're still pegging him as a potential first round quarterback. And you're still having to rely on one read. I will say this. If Brian Day at minimum doesn't make this a fair quarterback competition into next year, that's a disservice to this entire football team because the quarterback play is not where it needs to be at a place like Ohio State. Yeah, I mean, and the defense, defense overall played well. Defense, I mean, they were put in a bad position. I mean, my God, they're shutting down Michigan. And all of a sudden, Michigan's at the five-yard line after that interception. Again, that interception was the play of the game, unfortunately. Um, overall, where are you at with this defense, Ohio State's defense? They didn't get it done when they needed to, needed to, Dave. I mean, if we're if we're being frank, they gave up 30 points. They didn't get a stop in the second half. I thought they did really well shutting down uh, the run. However, Michigan, give them credit. They were able to find a weak link, the mark in the defense. And what was that? That was Tommy and Steele locked up in coverage with their tight ends. That was the mismatch. Michigan couldn't throw the ball outside without J.J. McCarthy with an impromptu scramble to the outside and finding an open wide receiver. He couldn't one, two, three, drop back, find somebody on the outside. Those guys were absolutely locked up. I thought the rush defense was solid. Uh, but this is why you're paid $2 million, Dave. If your gym knows, you're, you're paid – to in these critical moments when the lights are the brightest to step up and get the get the offense off the field and turn the ball back over to um, your offense to go down there and try to score. Uh, I just thought that the defense, when it, when it mattered most, they didn't rise to the occasion like you would hope that they would. Um, I thought they did a very good job, you know, limiting Michigan in the rushing attack. I thought on that Blake Coon run, if you go back and rewind it, still Chambers absolutely flushed himself out of the pocket, which put, uh, you know, Sonny Styles one-on-one with a guy who's running full steam ahead. Credit to Blake Corn, he was able to make that run. But the, the weak link during that entire game was Tommy and Steele in pass coverage against the tight ends. Other than that, Michigan had nothing. They had they had nothing offensively for Ohio State, but you know this is this is big boy football. If you're going to give uh, someone credit, you have to look at Jim Knowles and say, "Hey man, when 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 they needed a stop, your defense did not stop them in the second half." Yeah, I mean Tommy, I've been a big Tommy fan. I know he's banged up, but Tommy played awful today. You know, I know he's banged up, so that, that's a big part of it. But Tommy played awful. By the way, we see you out there, Michigan fans. Hello to all the Michigan fans. Hello. Get your dub. Michigan fans, get your dubs, whatever. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, listen, we got no – I mean, no excuses. You guys won. Yeah. Hats you, off. They they won. What, what was interesting, Dave, too, is Ohio State started out in that game in a 4-3 look. They started out with Cody Simon starting um, there – and I thought that Tyleek Williams and the defensive line, I thought those guys played extremely well against the run. When they needed it most, third and long, when they gave Michigan the ball back, you know, with uh, up three, I think it was about six minutes and some change, six minutes and 35 seconds left. That is the time you got to get off the field. You had them third and long and you couldn't do it. At that point, your offense just scored a touchdown. If you can, if Jim Knowles can get them off the field. And the thing that was driving me crazy, Dave, you know, Michigan gets that first down, you know, with six and some chains left. Boom. 
they're milking the clock. They get another first down, boom, they're milking the clock. It's about four minutes, three minutes, three and a half to go. Jim Knowles is still sitting in the base defense. He's not sending the blitz. He's not bringing a safety down in the box there. Um, and at that point, I'm I'm screaming like, Jim Knowles, please just sell out. Just sell out. Get out of your base defense. This is the season on the line, and he's just sitting back there uh, just comfortable, you know, just uh, having a sip of Gatorade up in the box. And I'm like, please just bring some guys down in the box because everybody in the stadium know what is exactly coming right now. I'll get you out of here on this. Any chance of making the playoff? And if not, I mean, are, if I'm hearing Orange Bowl if they don't make it. Do you care at all about yeah. that? And does Ohio State have a chance of backing into the playoff like they did last year? I don't I don't think so. I don't think they're backing in. There's too many uh, good teams up in this top 10 right now. I, I will say this, you know, in, enjoy this game, Michigan fans. This is probably the last really meaningful game um, that we're going to see because everything's going to completely change. If this was if this was next year, Dave, you're probably looking at a rematch, a rematch of a Hall State in Michigan in Indianapolis, potentially a third matchup in the in the 12 team playoff. Like what we see right now with all the marbles on the line, we're probably not going to see that again with the format uh, potentially changing. And it, it was a great game back and forth. You know, Michigan, you know, they, they're going to try to come out here, talk their smack, go ahead and talk it. But it wasn't this, oh, Ohio State was soft or Ohio State was, was this or Ohio State was that. Michigan won in a tight battle at the very end. So give them credit where credit was due. They won their football game, but there's no underlying storyline that they're going to that they can absolutely try to drum up like in years past to say oh Ohio State was soft Ohio State was this. no it was a good college football game and at the end of the day the quarterback play in the turnovers was the difference and special teams missed kick and the interception that I would say Denzel Burke, that was an interception that was not called on the field. Those are the difference in the game. There's not an actual storyline, regardless of what Michigan fans are going to try to drum up. No, um, you won because you had the better quarterback today on the field. Bottom line, J.J. McCarthy made the plays on third down when it needed to be made. And congratulations to Michigan. And, and Ryan Day picked Kyle McCord over J.J. McCarthy. If you believe all the stories, both wanted to be Buckeyes, and Ryan picked J.J. Michigan fans, enjoy it. You better take care of business in the playoff this year. Don't pull a TCU. Don't do that again because you guys are going to get, like, hammered by the NCAA. This is your last hey, chance. You better take advantage of it, Blue. Last, I, would, I would say this for Michigan, last chance. You're losing 44 seniors off this roster you have looming sanctions coming that's that's a dark cloud over the program you have probably one of the hardest schedules in college football next year there's no divisions you're probably going to see another top 10 team in the big 10 championship with a 12 team playoff enjoy it michigan because this is probably going to be the last run for a very long time because you're not recruiting at an elite level to load up to make a serious run in a 12-team playoffs unless you absolutely go balls to the wall when it comes to the transfer portal because you just can't replace 44 seniors with that type of attrition on top of the, the outstanding juniors that you have that make up for the nfl They'll lose in the semifinals of the playoffs. I mean, Harbaugh has more suspensions this year than he does bowl wins 
ever at Michigan. And this is his, what, like eighth year? All right. Great stuff, Jay Buck. I'm going to bring him back. Thank you, my friend. All right. Talk to you later, bud. All right, bud. Let's bring in Matt Baxendale. All right, champ. Tough one to swallow. I mean, I feel like it came down to like, you know, I mean, I hate to put it on one play, but if Comacore doesn't throw that interception early, I feel like Ohio State wins this game. I mean, they just kept shooting themselves in the foot. That first drive, Emeka's drop, you have McCord's interception. Jeez, I feel like Ohio State overall outplayed them, but you got to give Michigan credit. I mean, they won the game. I think this is the uh, breaking point for the Kyle McCord experience. Um, you know, we've kind of watched OSU win despite him all year. And, you know, that early pick badly cost them. That interception at the end, he had Trayvon Henderson in the top of the field for an easy 10-yard check down. And he's throwing it, you know, into coverage with three guys and getting pressure on him. I mean, at the end of the day, Kyle McCord's not good enough. I don't know how else to put it. Um, you know, a lot of things went wrong in this game that in a very good football game, right? Uh, Jay Book's right. There's no, like, OSU soft, ha, ha, ha storyline here. Um, the reality is J.J. McCarthy didn't make mistakes. Kyle McCord did. Um, the defense didn't get a full stop in the second half. And that interception that was called a touchdown for Michigan is the difference in the football game. And candidly, they'll show that one for the next hundred years when they talk about this rivalry. It'll be watch like watching Mike Landry miss field goals and J.T. Barrett get stopped uh, in Michigan fans' eyes and a first down in Ohio State fans' eyes. It's the same thing. I mean, that's an interception. I don't know what they were looking at, but that's the game. But at the end of the day, Kyle McCord threw two picks in a game where those are the only two turnovers. And once more, he did the thing where he'd alternate NFL level throws with mind boggling incompetence. And that's what happened. We've reached, this is his Peter principle. He's failed to his level of maximum success, right? And I had somebody tell me, you know, that we shouldn't be mad at McCord. This is supposed to be the year that Quinn Ewers was the quarterback at Ohio State. If you look at the original recruiting progress, right? Um, Quinn Ewers is the quarterback on this team. Ohio State is undefeated. I don't really have much question about that in my mind. Bottom line, though, is, is that McCord's not good enough based on the Ryan Day standard of quarterbacking at Ohio State, which is Dwayne Haskins, first rounder, Justin Fields, first rounder. C.J. Stroud, first-rounder and NF MVP candidate as a, as, a, as a rookie in the NFL. McCord's not that level. And, you know, some people are going to claim that this is Joe Burrow's freshman year, or first year at LSU, right? He struggled his first year, then he was amazing his second year. I, I call BS on that because Kyle McCord's never going to have better receivers than he did this year. And at the end of the day, it's not like it's just Kyle McCord's fault. At one point in the first half, Ryan Day looked at Kyle McCord as he came off the field and goes, Kyle, what are you doing? You can literally see like the camera zoomed in on him, and Ryan goes, Kyle, what are you doing? He missed at least two wide-open touchdowns in this game. Uh, bottom line is Kyle McCord's not good enough. I don't know what else to say. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I mean, like, so where are you at? I asked Jay Book this. Like, are you like, well, McCord will get better, and he'll be a senior next year. Devin Brown will be a year older. Keen Holtz, Aaron Nolan coming in. Let's just go with what we got. Are you a let's let's hit that portal and find a quarterback in the portal? Who are we gonna get out of the portal? I mean I don't know. That's what I'm at. I don't know. I mean, like you're at least gonna look, right? I you have to. I think you absolutely have to. I think Kyle McCord's job should not be safe as far as as uh, yeah, it, Kyle McCord should be in the middle of a big QB battle. 
Keenholt should get a real fair shot at this thing. If Devin Brown might be better, then so be it. And we have to look at OSU next year. Like Michigan might be a black hole next year with 44 seniors gone and all the NCAA sanctions, but we're losing Marv. We're losing Ibuka. We're losing Stover. We're losing Trey. Like these guys are all going to the NFL. So is Kyle McCord going to suddenly be the best player on the offense? Like I don't see that happening. I just don't. And we've watched it all year where the defense has been good enough. They've been good enough all year. There's been an elite D all year. Even though they didn't have the second half we wanted today in terms of getting off the field, they still gave him an opportunity at the end of the game to win it. And the bottom line is, you know, Notre Dame was a game that we got sort of lucky and barely pulled out. And then Penn State, I mean, if you look at, at Ryan Day on the sidelines, every time Kyle McCord is doing something where his head's not in it, like the look on Ryan Day's face is like, oh my God, what are you doing? I mean, at the Penn State game at halftime to the OSU radio network, he literally said, there's wide open guys. The quarterback has to hit the throws. I've never heard that said before at halftime. So are we done with the, because uh, I've said this too, I know you have, I think every Buckeye fan, writer, anything has said, well, until proven otherwise, I'm going to like err on the side of trusting Ryan Day's judgment on quarterbacks. He handpicked Kyle yep. McCord over J.J. McCarthy. And again, J.J. McCarthy is not Joe Montana by any means, um, but he's better than Kyle McCord. Yep. That was a miss by Ryan Day. They, and it was a miss yeah. that I think he realized and recruited over pretty quickly with Quinn Ewers. And then we lost Quinn Ewers. And now this is the, well, I guess we'll play McCord and hope it works out year. I, I Going into next year, if Kyle McCord's the starter, it's going to be like JT Barrett's senior year where a lot of people are ready for somebody else because they don't believe in him. That's what this is looking like to me. And the reality is with McCord is it's like you can see the ability is, is there, right? You see that some of these passes he makes are these NFL-level passes. The second and third quarters today, he was largely really good. But, you know, he's never ready at the start of the game. He misses easy short passes way too often, and then he stares down his top option left and right. At the end of the day, if you're Ohio State, I think you have to bet, they take a real hard look at the transfer portal because the only thing that's missing from this version of Ohio State this year to win a national championship is a competently good quarterback. Kyle McCord is a mid-quarterback. That's what he is, surrounded by elite talent. And, you know, we all smiled and put our best face on it and said, well, you know, Craig Krenzel won a national title. But at the end of the day, uh, the Ohio State that's today it can do a lot better than Kyle McCord at quarterback, period. Another thing, Bax, if you're like the defensive coordinator going against Ohio State, like if you're facing Craig Krenzel, you know he's not going to throw the ball that well, but you at least know he's like at least going to occasionally run the ball, maybe more than occasionally. If I'm a defensive coordinator and I know there is zero chance of the opposing quarterback running the ball, I'm salivating. I have no idea, and I, I'm going to ask him this the next time we get a chance. I've asked him this in so many words before, but – Ryan Day's a former quarterback. Like, how are you running an offense where your quarterback is zero threat to run? This means there's no zone read. That's not a real thing. You're either, when you do the fake zone read, that means you're going to hand the ball off, you're going to keep it and throw it. There's no threat of the quarterback to run the ball at all, and that hurts this Ohio State offense. It hurts them badly. You need to have a quarterback that can, that can run uh, at the end of the day. And look, Kyle McCord doesn't have to, just like we talked with CJ last year, you have to be Braxton Miller running the ball, right? But at the end of the day, you have to have a quarterback that has some mobility in the pocket. That at the, that last play, look, Donovan Jackson got put on his butt and McCord got hit. And that's not necessarily on McCord, right? But he hasn't been good enough all year. It's been the obvious thing that everybody's been hoping OSU would fight through and he would get it. But, you know, you throw two interceptions in a game. They're the only two turnovers. And 
the first interception goes back for a touchdown. The, you lose by six, and the second interception ends the game. So we can talk about lots of things that could have gone differently in this game. It was certainly a really good football game. Look, Michigan's good. This is the best Michigan team they've ever had. 44 seniors is astoundingly large at the end of this whole COVID era. Uh, but the reality is the defense has been good enough all year. And if this offense had ever been able to find another gear, you're probably not sitting here with a loss to Michigan. You're probably sitting here smiling and going to the Big Ten Championship. And the weak link on the offense is quarterback. That's that's just the reality. And, Bax, we got a lot of – I'll let you go on this. we got to bring Patrick Murphy in live from – Michigan Stadium. Matt, Bax, we got a lot of Michigan fans in the chat. Like, what do you want to say to them? Like, I know, um, you know they know that they're about ready to get hammered by the NCAA. What do you want to say to our friends in Ann Arbor? I mean, congrats. You won a game. Uh, good for you guys. I can't claim this one was cheated, even if the last two years were. Uh, yeah. You know, much like in twenty, much like in 2013, whenever we wanted Ohio State to win, go undefeated that year and claim two straight natties, life didn't work out the way we wanted it. But the reality is, look at Michigan's future. Uh, they're losing 44 seniors. They're losing a bunch of juniors that are going to go pro. Their head coach is going to end up going to the NFL. It's going to be a total train wreck right now uh, for them in the future. And at the end of the day, like, cool, this is sort of the last gasp of the Michigan program for a while. So, you know, Ohio State, we worry about, can we get a quarterback that plays at the first round level that we're used to? But the reality is Ohio State's going to be at this same position for a very long time competing for playoffs and national championships. And at the end of the end of the day, I don't really think that Michigan's going to be there that much in the future here. This is very much a hinge point to a downward slope for them based on everything that we know. And it sucks for Ohio State. It really does. They had a great year up to this point. And, you know, it, it sucks for Kyle McCord that we all hoped he'd take that step. But biggest game of his life, you know, he threw two picks and that's the difference in the game. So, well, as I said earlier, if you're a Michigan fan, you, you better take care of business this year. It's going to be a long time before you're relevant again. Hey, well, and they've been clinging to that whole fighting the sanction thing in the midseason the whole way through because their entire goal is to keep this train going as long as they could to try to get that natty that they're going to have to vacate anyway. Um, but they're trying to hold off as long as they can before they get absolutely smashed by the NCAA for everything that's going on. And so, you know, good luck with Georgia, guys. That's all I got to say. But uh, at the end, the, the reality is for Michigan, this is your last gasp. And we haven't won a natty since 1948. I guess you do desperate things. Ohio State will be right back here again next year. I, I can't say the same about Michigan. Great stuff from Bax. Connor Stallions, if you're in the chat, good to see you, brother. Uh, great stuff, Bax. You be well, brother. Yeah, you be well, too, buddy. Don't jump off any bridges, Bucknutters. We'll be all right. Yeah, all right. Patrick Murphy, live from Michigan Stadium in an Arbor. An Arbor. Um, Patrick, biggest takeaway from post-game press conferences? Well, it was quick. Um, you know, I think we were in and out of there in maybe like 20, 25 minutes. Uh, look, in this situation, the Michigan band is playing. Um, I hope you can hear me okay. The, the uh, you know, they're not going to say much. Go ahead, Patrick. Okay, I couldn't tell if you could hear me behind the the music that is playing now. Um, the they're not going to say a ton. Uh, you know, Ryan Day took responsibility. Said this is the game you worked for all year, and you don't get the job done. You know, he was asked a couple times about various situations in the game. I thought actually he answered it pretty well. Asked about the 
decision not to go for it on the two fourth down plays. Uh, the first one he said was, you know, he just didn't want to give Michigan momentum. Um, I think they were just inside their own half. And the second one, which is the one I disagreed with, he said he felt it was better to take a sure route, essentially, to get points attempting the long field goal than maybe going for a long fourth and two. Um, we can debate that if you want, but I don't, uh, you know, that was that was mostly his his reaction. Kyle McCord took responsibility, said the the first interception, you know, he was it was a read play, so he was reading the linebacker and just didn't see the the cornerback there, which is not acceptable. I mean, you you've had a whole year of this now. And then the second one, you know, he just got hit late, um, you know, trying to make a play to Marv. Uh, we talked to Marv. Certainly seems like I think everyone would expect this that this is the probably the end of the road for him unless they get in somehow to the playoff which is not out of the question, but a long shot, more of a long shot than last year. And uh, Jim Knowles spoke very briefly, you know, talking about just essentially not getting the job done. Um, you know, he said that he thought they had some some situations where they had guys there to make plays and it just didn't happen, which is really the first time I think he's ever not thrown a player under the bus because that's not what he did, but – he, you know, usually he's like game mistakes are mine. And that's not what he said after this game. So yeah, that, those were all the guys we talked to there. Um, I think that pretty much sums it up again. It was pretty quick as they tend to be after these losses. Kyle McCord, where are you at with him? If you're, if you're the in charge of Ohio State's program, you're like, we're going to go into next season with Kyle McCord and the rest of the guys pushing him. Or are you looking in the portal? I think it depends what ends up in the portal, you know, what other quarterbacks are in there. Look, I think I think Kyle still has the ability to take a step. As Bax was saying, though, we've been waiting for that all season. Now, can we, we see that from this year to next year? And, you know, I think without seeing Kyle on a day-to-day basis in the facility and how he works and everything, I think that's hard for me to judge. Um Look, you know, again, I think as we've said a few times on this show and some of the other shows that you, this is not, he is more of the norm in terms of the quarter, first year quarterback play. The problem is you need to see the improvement and it needs to take a big step if he's going to get it to the level that Ohio State expects. Um, I think, you know, you also have to think of what's in the program. I know they really like Lincoln. I know they really like Devin. Are you willing to go to one of those guys? I don't know. Um, you know, and, and Kyle has to make some assessments too, I think, here in terms of you know, does he want to commit to doing what it takes to be the top-of-the-line quarterback? Um, you know, Again, I'm not in the facility every day. I can't say what he does, and, and I'm not questioning his work ethic or, or anything, but you know, I think back to that Notre Dame game because this was obviously a very similar scenario. That one worked out, but he could have thrown an interception on that play, uh, on that drive as well. And, uh, you know, they got away with one there, and those Notre things happen. not even that good. People are like, well, Notre Dame's a yeah. top 10 team. That Notre Dame's not even that good. They have three losses. Yeah. So, look, I think some things that we talked about, and as like back said, um, I think the way – nice. Uh, I think the way – well, my ankle isn't in, in pain, though my back hurts a little bit. Um, but the uh, – Oh, God. No, not yet. The – Not yet. 
you know, like what Bax said, it's, it's just, it's gotta be about the development and Ryan day has to make this assessment. You know, can Kyle be that guy? And I know he, he's kind of put his, uh, his money where his mouth is. That's the guy he picked over JJ McCarthy. Um, I didn't think JJ McCarthy was otherworldly, but he made the plays that you needed to, especially that touchdown right down here, uh, to Roman Wilson. And, you know, we can discuss whether or not that was a touchdown, but he made a he made a hell of a throw in that play, and and we didn't. Kyle did make some good throws. I that mean, there were you know some plays, yeah. But you know, ultimately, it comes down to wins and losses. And I've kind of been thinking about what I'm going to write about after this. And and one of the things is like coming out of this game feels so different when you talk quarterback than it did the last two years, where CJ wasn't the problem, right? And it was the defense, and I still think there's some defensive issues. But Kyle is is certainly more of a problem. You know, CJ threw two picks last year too, I believe, right? But it just didn't ever feel like that he was the issue, and Kyle was certainly part of the issue today. And big games, especially this type of rivalry game, you can't have that. The officiating. What was the vibe on the officiating? I, I thought it was skewed in Michigan's favor, but I, I'm just curious to get your thoughts on the officiating, including the replay. Yeah, I thought it. Yeah, I thought it was fine. I don't know. On that touchdown, I don't know. I guess I'd have to look into kind of how the rules work there. I think, you know, it looked enough. And Ryan Day did say that he, the official he talked to said because it was a touchdown on the field, there wasn't much they could do about it um, in terms of review. It looked to me like his knee got down before the ball came loose. But again, it was hard to tell. Um, you know, I think if it's called anything else on the field, it, it stands that way. Um, the Ohio State did get a few penalties in this game that I know Michigan people, because there were a handful of them in the press box that were not uh, working in the press box, they did not like. But, you know, there was a blatant Tumalau uh, hold that didn't get called when J.J. McCarthy scrambled and, and completed the pass on the sideline. Um, you know, look, I think – you know me. I don't like to blame the officials unless it's really bad. And I think in a game like this, there's going to be some calls that both sides are going to be pissed about. Um, to me, that wasn't the difference in this game. Ultimately, I agree. I think. I agree. Yep. I think Kyle. Yeah, yeah. I think Kyle. I think the while they started to establish the run on that drive, where I think they ran eight of twelve uh, plays. You know, it was never it. the. Yeah, when the, it was never that the run game could take over. And not that Michigan ran the ball that well either. I think it was like 162 rushing yards to 101 or something. Um, but, you know, Michigan could could do what they wanted when they needed to on the ground. And, look, you're ahead. Um, you're able to do that. But And then the defense. I think, look, you're paying Jim Knowles a lot of money here. And I really liked what they did all year. I know both you and I. We, we've said this week, uh, you know, we're believers in this defense, and I am. But that second half was not what they needed. You know, you needed a stop there, and Michigan scores on, what, every possession in the second half? You know, that's, that's not going to get it done. And, you know, I think about what would have happened in, a, you know, potential – if they would have snuck this one out somehow, what happens in a – you know, you face Georgia, who's all of a sudden turned it, turned it on offensively, or you face those Pac-12 teams. I, I like defense a lot. Jim Knowles is doing good things. I just think that they ultimately weren't able to get the stops that they had all season uh, today. 
And no excuse for the Buckeyes this time. We didn't have, know what the excuse was yeah. the last two years. Then that, there was this, oh, well, that's why Michigan won the last two years because of that. No excuse this time. So, like, we got, like, a, like, like almost 2,000 people watching the live broadcast. I think probably uh, at least half of them are Michigan fans, maybe more. Patrick Murphy, get back to work. Great stuff. Drive safely. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see you back in Columbus. Yeah, there you go. Got to get that up to watch that. Orlando, there you go. I'm sure everything will go right with Columbus sports. Ohio Pro Sports never let anybody down. Ohio Pro Sports, whether it's the Bengals, the Browns, the former Indians, now the Guardians. The Cavs did win one. The Reds, the Bengals. CBJ, CBJ, the legendary CBJ. Ohio Pro Sports will not let you down. So we'll see what the crew do tonight. Steve Hellwagon, um, we've seen a lot of these games, Ohio State-Michigan over the years. This one was definitely one of them. Uh, What's your biggest takeaway? Well, uh, you know, I look at it that uh, obviously this was such a competitive game back and forth. And Ohio State uh, missed some golden opportunities in the first half. And – you know, the pass to, I mean, you go all the way back to the very beginning, the pass to Mecca Yuka, that's got to be caught. I mean, uh, he missed Harrison one time when there was nobody within 15 yards of Harrison. And that's got to be completed. So you didn't run the ball effectively at all. And you missed on some easy pitch and catch plays early in the game. And this was just one of those games where an accumulation of little things just came back to bite them in the very end. And Michigan was better at the little things. And Coach basically said this, Coach Day. I mean, to win the Michigan game, you got to win the turnover battle and you got to win the rushing battle. And uh, Michigan prevailed on both counts. It was 2 nothing in turnovers. And uh, I think they rushed for 156, and Ohio State was in the low 100s somewhere. So it's not good enough, just simply not good enough to expect to come up here against a very good Michigan team and win this game. So it's a little bit different than the last two years where you felt like coming out of this game where they just got beaten up and, uh, you know, uh, I don't know what you felt last year. You felt – felt like it was the worst called defensive game you'd ever seen this was something a little bit different this was you you were in this thing last 30 seconds and you know you gave them a touchdown on an interception and then the game ended on an interception uh games are won and lost up front and uh to be very blunt with you people are all over mccord um You know, the offensive line is not Ohio State Big Ten championship caliber, period, over and out. And I asked Ryan Day about that. Uh, To me, uh, I would say all jobs are open going forward. There's no sacred cow. And uh, you got to get some you got to get some more daddies up front on both sides of the ball because you didn't get to you didn't breathe on McCarthy. There was the one sack there. Williams hit him and Sawyer tackled him one sack, but he had all day to throw, whereas McCord was under constant duress. Michigan offensive line beat Ohio State's defensive line, ass with a board, check. Michigan defensive line beat Ohio State's offensive line, ass with a board, check. Again, so that's where games are won and lost. That's what I saw. I saw saw McCord 
with a guy in his face the entire day trying to get something accomplished and McCarthy standing out there, you know, checking the laces on the football. And, you know, with Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday to throw the ball, nobody got there. So, you know, it's real easy knee-jerk reaction after a game like this. Say, oh, you got to fire half the assistant coaches and you got to do this, you got to do that. Well, I don't know. I think Ryan Day's got to really figure out who's in the foxhole with him going forward because, uh, you know, there's there's some people collecting checks that, uh, you know, just aren't getting it done right now. I agree this is offensive line's not up to Ohio State standards, but there's no way Kyle McCord's up to Ohio State standards either. And I'm not talking about, oh, I'm sick of this. Well, he's being judged by C.J. Stroud and Justin Fields. No, he's not. No, he's not. He's not even on Bobby Hoying's level. He's not on Joe Germain's level. Those guys are third-round picks. Joe Germain was actually a fourth-round pick. I'm not saying Kyle McCord needs to be a top-ten pick, okay? He's got to be a hell of a lot better than what I saw today. He threw that ball right to Will Johnson. Will Johnson looked like he was the intended wide receiver there. Terrible. Yep. Terrible. Yep. He waited too long to get his day started. You know, he didn't get going until about the second quarter. He makes a great throw to Stover. He made, he made some good throws, but you're right. You, the first quarter of this game can't come and go without them doing anything, and that's kind of the way it was. Um, I think at times, Day, at the end of the first half, when you've hit the passes and you're now at the 42-yard line with a first down with a minute to play, you know, a minute to play in the half, you need to take the shot, you know, Maybe not Harrison because he was blown out from being tackled on that before the ball got there on that catch. But send it Bukadi and, and let's just see what happens. Take a shot. Take a freaking shot. Instead, you come away empty there. And obviously, you lose by six, but uh, that's only three. But, you know, I, I, I hate the conservative nature of what you see. You're down seven and, you know, you're backed up in the very first play is Henderson for one. Now it's second nine. You know, Jesus Christ. Everybody in the stadium knows what's coming. It just I, I don't know. I, I I hate I hate the ultra conservative nature. I get it that you were waiting around on them to make the mistake. Well, you made the mistake. So and they won the game because of it. So what so what's I mean, Orange Bowl is how we're looking at it. I mean, I guess there's an outside chance, what a one percent chance. They could back into the playoff like they did last year. Last year was really surprising. They lost at home, and it wasn't close. Today they lost a close game in Ann Arbor. They're not getting in, but, like, so what do you think is going to happen? Yeah, I think they're definitely a long shot to uh, to get into the playoff with this loss. I mean, Penn State and Notre Dame are their two claims to fame right now. Um, so uh, I don't know if that's enough to, to, to get them in, although, you know, there's a lot of football left to be played. They need some upsets. They need uh, – some teams to, you know, some leagues to, to go void here for the Big Ten to get two in. I mean, Michigan's in, the winner Alabama is in, so there's two. I think Michigan's in even with a, a loss to Iowa, which, you know, if Michigan doesn't, can't, I don't know what how to put a finger on it, they are deceptively effective offensively. They don't over, I mean, I don't know, they threw the ball to the tight end. In tight the Big end Ten is, they are. In tight the end Ten is – how have they done in the college football playoff? It's going to be the same thing this year. They're going to get yeah. smoked again. Yeah, probably so. Uh, Enjoy this one, boys. Yeah, I, I just – I mean, I 
I don't know. A lot of the same. There was there was enough here today to say that Ohio State's one of the top five teams in the country. But, you know, are they really going to be in the top four when this thing all comes down? My guess is they'll probably play somebody in the Orange Bowl. Maybe Louisville in the Orange Bowl would probably be it. So get get excited for that. Did Louisville hang on and win today over Kentucky? I don't know. I mean, they were losing late. Oh, Louisville against Ohio State in the Orange Bowl. My God. Yeah. Is anybody even going to be? I mean, we're used to like people like not showing up for games. At that or stadium. maybe maybe the Alabama-Georgia oh. loser in the uh, Peach Bowl or something. Well, that would right? actually – well, I don't know if Ohio State wants that. I'd much rather have Louisville well, than that. Let's, let's check who, it out. Who else is going to show up? Kentucky. Kentucky I mean, won. You're going to have five. Kentucky beat Louisville. Wow. Kentucky 38, uh, Louisville 31. There yeah. you go. I had a little, uh, I had a little uh, side bet on that. I was like SEC against ACC. I like it. Kentucky was getting some good uh, juice. All right, Alabama up ten seven against Auburn. All right, well, Steve, I'll see you in Miami. Uh, apparently, uh, <laughs> goodness, I don't know. Goodness I don't know. I don't. Um, I don't even know what the path would be. I mean, Texas. Uh, Texas would need to lose next week in the Big Twelve Championship. I. I presume it'll be Oklahoma or Oklahoma State. I think if Oklahoma State wins, they're in. And if not, then Oklahoma, it would be a Texas-Oklahoma rematch. And you would need Texas to lose. You would probably need either the ACC or Pac-12 to not have a playoff team as well, one of them, to open up a spot. So it, it doesn't seem like it's going to happen. But whatever. What are you going to do? Yeah. All right, Steve. Maybe Ohio State can beat Santa Clara. Did you see the story that somebody already wrote? It looked like it was something from, like, AI. Yeah. Or right there. Yeah. They wrote the Santa Clara beat. There's Ohio a lot State. of weird websites out there that just do AI-generated content that populates somehow. And, you know, it's not even done by a human being. It's just, you know, whatever. But uh, we're going to find a place to watch that game, and, and we'll report on it, I suppose, later on. And you know, uh, obviously, uh, you know, last year Ohio State did practice for two or three days in the interim after the loss to Michigan. The coaches all went out on the out on the uh, recruiting trail, which I guess is the only silver lining of this. And uh, then on Sunday, they got the good news that they backed in Georgia all the hell they could handle. That's for sure. So, you know, if we get another another. If they get another lightning bolt like that, then take advantage of it. If not, go off and play the bowl game. Play all the young guys that you can play because uh, you're only going to have about six to eight returning starters on this team next year, and they would only be in name only because I think you've got to throw open uh, a bunch of these jobs uh, going forward. I don't even know uh, out of the returning starters who would be submitted at this point. So. I don't know. See all the Michigan people in the chat. I mean, like, I, I don't even fault them. Michigan people coming over here talking trash, trolling. Hey, part of the rivalry, Ohio State fans will be doing the exact same thing. Yeah, you know, bully for them. They, Michigan they, fans, I get it. I get it. They've been through the ringer, and um, this had nothing to do with the cheating or anything else today. This was – this was they, they just came out. They just won. And, and whipped Ohio State's ass is all this was. And uh, that's just the fact of the matter, third year in a row. So, I wouldn't uh, say they, they whooped their ass, but. 
They won. Um, Ohio State won the total yards battle. Again, I hate to put it's not just one play. If McCord does not have here live and I can see what's happening five, on the line, I, I didn't see Ohio State's offensive or defensive line distinguish itself at all. So I think from a, it's a six point game and Ohio State gave them seven points to start the game. So. Yeah. 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 Mm. McCord, well, I mean, McCarthy didn't do anything that stupid. Just McCord did. Yeah. He just managed the right. game. All right, man. We'll catch you. All right, later. man. You have a good one. Drive safely. Yeah. Enjoy the basketball game. No one cares about basketball. It's not yet. That was a good win yesterday for the basketball team. Okay, maybe we should just talk about Ohio State basketball. That'd probably be more uh, um, more positive than uh, talking about the football team right now. But anyway, I mean, this is crazy how many people are in the live broadcast right now. I think half of them are Michigan fans. Again, like Steve said, there's no excuse. Michigan won this game. Hats off. Should I put a hat on? My old baseball hat on here. There we go. Yeah. my old baseball hat, high school baseball hat. So um, hats off, Michigan. Hats off. No excuses. You guys won the game. But like I said, enjoy it because you're getting hammered by the NCAA. This is it. This is it. You better take advantage because you're getting hammered by the NCAA. If you don't know what I'm talking about, read that 13-page report from the NCAA or from the Big Ten. Read the 13-page report from the Big Ten to your athletic director. He even starts it out. He doesn't say Mr. Manual or athletic director. He just says, dear ward. And then it gets worse and worse and worse and worse from there. You're getting hammered. So you better take advantage of this. You better take advantage of this. So hats off to you. You beat Ohio state. No excuses. Um, better take advantage of it. Thanks to all of my guests. Thanks to Jonah Booker. Thanks to Matt Baxendale. Thanks to Patrick Murphy. Thanks to Steve Hellwagon, and thanks to most of you. I am Dave Biddle. I hope everyone has a great rest of your weekend. Time has come for drag queens to save the world. world. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars is back on Paramount Plus, and for the first time ever, I want you to use your talent for good for a change. (laughs) Eight iconic queens are competing for the charity of their choice. This is how you do drag. Who will slay it forward, win cash for their favorite cause, and a coveted spot in the Drag Race Hall of Fame. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. New season streaming May 17th exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.